home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gambo, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. Hey, we're out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, Wolf and Luke, and uh, we got Burns and Gambo joining us now for Crosstalk uh, after the Cardinals 31-17 win. And I'll start with uh, with you, Burnsy. We were kind of talking about this a little bit yesterday. I, I don't think anybody would have necessarily faulted the Cardinals if they couldn't go into San Francisco and win a game that the 49ers probably needed more uh, without Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins or A.J. Green, and yet it was 31-7 to at one point. I know. There was that stretch at the beginning of the second half where it was the Connor touchdown, it was the great defensive stand that had the Jordan Phillips sack, and then it was the Eno touchdown, and that, that was it. I mean, and that wasn't it, but it felt like that was it in the moment. And they, the angry runs from Connor and Eno, it was, it was a heck of a day yesterday. And, and I, I still think the most impressive win of the year was the Rams game. I think this was the second most impressive win of the year, but you could convince me that this is the most impressive given what they didn't have going into that game yesterday. So when we say Arizona Cardinals 8-1, and one, Johnny, what's the first thing you think of? Well, I think they reestablished themselves as the best team in the NFL after the, the loss to Green Bay. Uh, they, they got a break yesterday, too, with everybody losing, right? The Packers yeah. lost and Dallas lost and, you know, all these teams lost. And that, so I think that, that they've just reestablished themselves. The Rams losing was huge. I mean, that's just huge because, you know, you want to end up, most importantly is you want to win the division. You want to win that division, and if you can get home field, but you can, it's fair to talk about this now, Ron. It's fair to talk about yeah. at night with you're more than halfway through the season. It's absolutely fair to start talking about where you're going to be seated. Right. Can you win the division? Are you going to be a wild card? Are you going to get a home playoff game or not? Because you look at the, the you look at the they go into the playoffs. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Gambo, here I'll stick with you on this one. What did you think of uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Josh Norman getting into it in the first half? I love the passion with Cliff. I mean, if I could say that, I, I love Cliff's passion. I mean, Norman, he didn't play after that, by the way. Like, they pulled him out of the game. There's a lot of talk that they should just cut him because they would have been like a, a long field goal and instead it gave the Cardinals a first down and you're behind. So, Norman, that's when Drake Kirkpatrick came in the game. Norman got benched. Drake Kirkpatrick came in, got run over by, you know, Benjamin. Flattened. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, flattened. get the license plate number on that. I mean, what, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, um, so I think, I listen, Cliff probably had his best coaching game. And I like, his, you know, one of my angles that we're going to talk about is like, Look, Cliff and Kyler go hand-in-hand hand the way Brady and Belichick did for many, many years. But for Cliff to win a game without Kyler, I think it just goes to show the maturity of Cliff and how good of a coach Cliff is and absolutely a Coach of the Year candidate. So David Charles talked to us about Colt McCoy and what you saw from Colt McCoy yesterday because it was very impressive, I'm sure. It, 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 was, it was steady. There was no panic. He, he wasn't under a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I've seen the passing charts. You guys did, too. That uh, Other than the deep one to Kirk, there wasn't a lot of down the field. It was a lot of dink. It was a lot of dunk. It was a, a lot of a, around the line of scrimmage, which, you know, credit to the Cardinals skill position players for being able to take advantage of that space and create creating those yards after the Cats the way they did because they did such a good job yesterday. But but look, we all I, – I, I'm going to steal a thought from Gambo, and I know he's going to bring this up during our show because it was in his email to me. If they have Colt McCoy last year, they're a playoff team. And and I, there's zero doubt in my mind. And Gambo, I know that was your point that you were going to bring up. No, I it. stole it from you. If Colt McCoy is on this roster last year – 
they win that game against the Rams in Week 17 and they go. And and there's no doubt in my mind otherwise. And and so I thought he was exactly everything we thought he could be and would be when the Cardinals signed him, a guy who can lead you to a win in a week or two wins in a couple of weeks. Of course, nobody wants to see him long-term, but to feel about have to feel good about their chances if he has to go out there another week? I feel great about their chances if they have to go out there another week with Colt McCoy. That's what happened yesterday. That is a depressing and inspiring thought all at the same time. Um, Gambo, James Conner, his uh, his performance not just yesterday but all season, I mean, that is something that they were so clearly missing last season. And Steve Keim, I mean, his, his record over the last year of adding guys to this roster is almost perfect. You know when people, you know, it, it, you know when you go to a garage sale and you come away with these gems, people sell you stuff for like $10 that's really worth like 1000 and you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe you sold this classic book for $10. Steve Keim went shopping at the garage sale this year. Picked up a bunch of guys on the cheap, and you know I can't give him any more credit than I can. I mean, he what a great job by Steve Kahn. James Conner was not their first choice. Their first choice was Mike Davis. That was their first choice. But Mike Davis wanted too much money, so they got James Conner on the cheap. Now you're talking about a two-year extension for James Conner at about 3 to $4 million, and I think they very much want to give it to him. But make no mistake about it, when they went into the free agency pile to get a running back, Mike Davis was choice number one. He asked for too much. They quickly moved on. They got James Conner for nothing, and he's been one of the best free agent pickups by anybody, regardless of money, in the NFL this year. I want to jump in on that for a second, if I too could, if I could as well, because uh, I mean, we—I know this is a player's game, and the and the players are the ones who ultimately dictate whether there are wins and whether there are losses. We already talked about Cliff, and there's no doubt that nationally speaking, I think he validated his Coach of the Year credentials yesterday by doing that. But I also think yesterday was a really, really good day for Steve Keim. A really good day. James Conner and Colt McCoy, I believe, combined are making about $3 million this Connors year. Are 1.25. And to Gambo's point about finding guys in the garage sale, uh, Steve Keim, and look, there people have been some people have been more critical than others. I think I've been a little more critical than others that there was the draft record that was starting to get a little spotty over the last couple of years. Steve Keim has had a magnificent offseason in terms of how he's constructed this roster, the draft and the way the results from that are starting to swing around again to the positive side. And, and, And I think in many ways, watching Colt and Connor do what they did yesterday was not only a validation for Cliff to be able to prove he could coach without Kyler, it was also a validation for Steve in that there were a lot of people who were wondering if he was next and if he was going to be held responsible if things didn't work out. And just about every move he's made in the last calendar year or so has worked out very well for the Cardinals. So, guys, do you think nationally people are going to start talking about Cliff Kingsbury as coach of the year? They are. I think I mean, so. They are, they are now. I mean, you can't deny it. There's a lot of people that, you know, that didn't want Cliff to succeed. Right. And only because it's like, you know, how does this guy get a head coaching job in the NFL when he was a failed college coach? He's failing he upwards, right. He's not failing backwards. He's failing he upwards, right. He was going to be a right. coordinator at USC, and now he's a head coach in the NFL. Because there's such, a, there's such precious jobs, right? I mean, it, there's so few of them, and it's such a precious job. You know, so a lot of people rooted against Cliff, not because they didn't like him, just because they – and you know what I get tired of more than anything is when I go on these radio shows and I talk to – and then TV shows, and, oh, well, we didn't like the air raid. Well, it's – you know, there are elements of the air raid in here, but this is a 50-50 balanced team. They run the ball as much as they pass it. Sure, there are elements of the air raid, but it's not an exact air raid offense. It's a misconception that, that I find very annoying to me of what people think of this card. It's almost like you've never watched the game. Like, they've never watched the team play, and they just jump to, oh, I just didn't think the air raid offense would work. Well, they don't, they don't run a complete air raid offense. They don't. <laughs> 
It's the run raid, Johnny. That's what it is. It's the run raid. There are elements of the air raid in it. They play hurry up at times. And, you know, for sure, they don't know huddle probably more than, than others. And they probably hurry up more than others. Um, but it's, you know, you've, you know, you've seen, look, they'll play with two tight ends. They'll play with one tight end. They'll play yep. with no tight ends. They'll play with two backs. They'll play like they, they it, there's just elements of it, but it's not a full air raid. Gambo, is, uh, is Keyshawn still talking to you? <laughs> oh, he was on this morning, man. He said he had, he went on this morning and, you know, said something about like, they just don't want to give the, he doesn't want to give the Cardinals any respect. And I think Jay will got on him a little bit too. You know, on this morning show, I taped and watch it back because I'll never go on live because it's three o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> oh no, wait, wait! Didn't you say you'd go on live at the end of the year yeah. if the Cardinals get like the number one seed? Okay, that then you I'll get up at four o'clock. I'll get up at four. You said that last week. Find a way to do that, John. I'll get up at four. Yeah, he's he's a giver, Wolf. That's what he does. <laughs> he gives until it hurts. Gives and gives and gives. All right, Burns and Gambo, great stuff as always. Of course, hear them from two to six. Thanks, guys. You All got right. it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Burns and Gambo chiming in. Yeah, it is. Uh, these crosstalks are great when the team just wins every week. Oh, my it goodness. It just feels better. so good, doesn't it? The run raid in full effect. Uh, FanDuel Fan Fest, the biggest party in sports, heads to Westworld of Scottsdale December 11th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and to claim your free tickets. Coming up, will Cliff Kingsbury get that credit he deserves following Arizona's 31-17 win over the 49ers yesterday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday. Presented by Sanderson Ford. With Wolf and Luke. I think it's safe to say that... uh, Maybe it's not safe to say. Because while we were talking before, Wolf, they... um, they were doing their top five teams on, on one. I think it was ESPN. It was Max Kellerman's top five teams. I was yeah. going to say, I think it's safe to say that Cliff Kingsbury is making uh, believers out of doubters this season. And he's going to be on with us in about a half hour as he is uh, every Monday. But as uh, as we were talking to Burns and Gambo, um, and I was hoping you didn't see it. You kind of looked over at the TV, but I don't think you did. Ma- Max Kellerman was given his top five teams in the NFL. Yeah, Cardinals not in the top two. I know that much. It was uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Oh my goodness, that is that is just incredible to me. It really is. I don't know what to say about it other than the fact that people do not want to credit what is going on out here in the desert. They don't want to credit Cliff Kingsbury. So many people out there feel like he didn't deserve the job and suddenly got handed this job when he's actually proving he did deserve the job by the job that he's doing and has done in the three years that he's been here. So, you know, to me, once again, it's just a national bias that is always going to exist right there. How you could look at the Arizona Cardinals at 8-1 and one right now and how they've played this game um, offensively and defensively, how you could look at them and not have them at least in your top two, that's beyond me. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if somebody said you have to pick a team ahead of the Cardinals. I mean, nobody has a better record. Nobody has a, even as good of a record. If you were telling me you had to pick one, I can, I guess, at least maybe. I mean, I really can't. But if you're picking one, maybe Tampa, just because they did win the Super Bowl, and you know Tampa's <laughs> going to be tough in the playoffs. But I mean, that team's six and two. The Cardinals are eight and one. If you're basing it on what we have seen through the first nine weeks of the season, I don't know how you can go against what the Cardinals have done. And um, you know, you said it right there too it's it's the way they've done it like this team passes the eye test they're getting it done offensively defensively special teams they're doing it in every possible way and they have done it they're one 
AJ Green turnaround from being nine and zero. Yes. Yes, I love it. I love how tough this football team is. They're talented. There's no doubt about it, but they are tough. The The game that they just got done playing against the 49ers yesterday, to me, it reminded me an awful lot of how the Arizona Cardinals played in Cleveland. There you had a road game, Luke. Uh, people were doubting the Arizona Cardinals, especially after Thursday night and the loss to the Green Bay Packers, even though they were minus two in their turnover column. Right, They gave them 10 points, basically. Basically, in that game, still had a chance to win it on the last play of the game, yet people doubting the Cardinals. No franchise quarterback in this game. They had Colt McCoy out there, no D Hop, no A.J. Green. They lose Chase Edmonds on the first play of the game. They lose their best guard in the game, no special teams coach. <laughs> they had their backs to the wall, metaphorically speaking. And all they did was come out swinging from the very beginning. (laughs) That's all they did and suddenly had a 17-0 lead, a 17-point lead in this game. They had 145 total yards in the first quarter and two touchdowns. I, I don't know how anybody could look at this team and not say, man, that's the best team in the NFL right now. I would say... Of their eight wins, there's probably been four of those games where going into it, there was a lot of doubt if they were going to be able to win the game, right? there was I think there was the Tennessee game in the opener, and they jumped all over the Titans. Uh, there was the Rams game in week four, which I understand. That was in L.A., and they hadn't beaten the Rams in eight straight games. Yeah. Jumped all over the Rams. There was a Cleveland game on October 17th in Cleveland. You didn't have your head coach, among other pieces. <laughs> Took care of Cleveland, and yesterday it was the same thing. Of you know, San Francisco probably needs this game more. How you almost never even see a team play without their number one quarterback and top two receivers. Let set aside like how, how often do you win with that? You don't typically see a team missing their top quarterback and top two receivers, and yet, I mean, it's thirty-one-seven when yeah. you know Benjamin ran that ball in. What I love, though, once again, this is a team that has seen adversity. They have faced adversity. They've stared adversity down and overcame adversity to win a game on the road. And that reminds me, to your point, about the Cleveland game and how they faced it there and they overcame it. And the leadership that was on display in that game. And, man, I cannot help it. Looking at yesterday and what happened over in San Francisco or Santa Clara, I should say, what happened Man, the leadership once again. Even though Colt McCoy, your backup quarterback, was out there, Colt McCoy showed great leadership, and it just it it, it was infectious to everybody else that was out there on the field. Their offense performed at an incredibly high level, and that is such a compliment to Colt McCoy. This is almost a crazy question to ask, but the thought just popped into my head as we're talking about this game. Is there anything you look at that game yesterday and you're like, oh, the Cardinals should have done this better? You know, because, I mean, the only thing that comes out of that game that I'm like, ah, I wish that hadn't happened is Chase Edmonds getting hurt. And I'm not saying it was a perfect game, but we're sitting yeah. here all these different angles to talk about this game. There's nothing like, oh, but they got to be better in this or they got to do better at that. I feel like they did pretty much everything yesterday. <laughs> Let me see. They well, they ran for what 163 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of protection did Colt McCoy get? He got some pretty good protection for the most part. Yeah. Uh, did a great job throwing the ball as well. Um, to your point, special teams. 
special teams? No, special teams played well. And defense? Are you going to look at that? Well? Five sacks. Oh, my Five goodness. Five sacks. We're not even, we haven't even talked about Chandler Jones setting the Cardinals sack record and then pulling up the jersey to show off the Freddie Joe Nunn shirt underneath. Oh, oh my goodness. Cool. That was so cool that he did that right there. Freddie Joe Nunn, a guy that I played with, a guy that I love, respect. Um, one of the reasons why... Um, he, one of the reasons why, basically, means I hate drugs. I hate it with a passion because of what it's done to so many guys that I love and what they had to experience in their lives and what they had to fight through. I hate it with a passion. Um, what, a, what a great tribute to Freddie Joe Nunn from Chandler Jones to do that. Um, it's not surprising when you think of Jan. Yeah, it, it was cool. I think he said he's he wore that shirt in the Green Bay game too. You know, first game back, and and because you figure he's getting the sack at some point, but um, it didn't take him long. Two games back, and he gets the sack yesterday. Jordan Phillips gets a sack, and of course Marcus Golden, who is just I mean, he's up to nine sacks this season. He's going to probably have double digit sacks for what is that the third time in his career? Like he, the man is just a wrecking ball. Yeah, what he what he did yesterday too. You watch him play. I mean, these are high profile quality sacks that Marcus Golden has provided for. And not only that too, he's also pressured the quarterback that has resulted in three takeaways. And I'm talking about interceptions yeah, down yeah. the road, right? We're not talking about him just strip sacking. He's got four strip sacks on the year. Um Marcus Golden is having a Pro Bowl caliber season right now and what i love about marcus golden and everyone should know this all the dogs that are inside the locker room for the arizona cardinals um there are so many guys that are like chase edmonds that that people don't start with when they point to the arizona cardinals and say look at this great season look at the talent they have they don't start at chase edmonds and maybe they should they don't start at marcus golden and maybe they should start there because they're dogs yeah these guys are very very smart they're dogs nobody has ever got to motivate marcus golden nobody has ever got to motivate chase edmonds get him ready to do his job are you kidding me that is a full-grown man who is going to go about his business and he is going to be responsible for how he plays. He's a dog through and through, and, and yet their locker room is jammed with guys like Chase Edmonds, jammed with guys like Marcus Golden that nobody really starts with and points with and says, that's why the Arizona Cardinals are 8-1. and one. Those are that's the kind of leadership they have in that locker room. Yeah, we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna get more into the defense. Got some clips to play from Chandler Jones and of course Marcus Golden. And uh, as good as the Cardinals are feeling, <laughs> the 49ers are not feeling good today. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We'll be right back in just a moment on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station, the home of Arizona Cardinals football. Ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station, Big Red Monday, presented by. Sanderson Ford with Wolf and Luke. See, Wolf, this is why I'm not sure I like the expanded playoffs in the NFL where you have seven teams in each conference, okay? Okay, you know, you already know I don't like it, yes. right? Okay, yeah, good. Yes. 12 was perfect. 12 was perfect, and originally I was like, okay, well, that's cool. It gives an extra bonus. If you're the number one team, you get that. You're the only one that gets a bye, but I, I don't like it. I don't like the seven teams because that game yesterday really should have been – you know, not the knockout blow to the 49ers, but one that really put them on the ropes, right? They're 3-5. and five. Sure. They haven't looked right. They're a game out of a playoff spot. Right. 
And when you really start to think about it, like they're they're a game out of making the playoffs, which is the same as I mean, if they got to play in the first round, they'll play Green Bay in the first round right now. If the season, you know, if if they got in and and that Green Bay right now is number two seed, so you're going to tell me San Francisco's done as much as Green Bay to get there? See, you know what's interesting about what you just said is the fact the NFC is looked at as a as a conference that has a lot of good football teams in it right now. Six. Six. There's not a seventh. Okay, uh, <laughs> right. But, you are you know, again, yeah. you look at the records and you think to yourself, man, this is a good football conference right here. Very, very competitive. And yet you're telling me a three and five team right now is, is a game out yeah. in the NFC. Think of the AFC. What a mess that is. The AFC is Kansas City for as much as they have struggled. They are five and four, and yet they're not in a playoff spot right now at five and four because the AFC is just so bunched up. Like everybody is just kind of like right around 500, it feels like. Whereas the NFC is so top heavy. (laughs) But. The AFC. That's stunning to me. That that is stunning to me that you just said that right there. Yeah, because we, see, we went through what the NFC playoff matchups would look like earlier, and the AFC Tennessee would have the bye. It would be Baltimore, New England in the first round. That'd be fun. Uh, Chargers, Steelers, Bills, Raiders. Those would be the teams and the matchups that would make. It. I see. So anyway, with San Francisco, um, they're not done, but uh, that was a game that I think most people probably were anticipating they were going to have to get. Kyle Shanahan, after the game, said he was surprised with how badly his team performed. Kyle. Well, trust me, he was not happy with how his team performed. He was, he was actually silent. He was, uh, he was signing the whole thing. Yeah, you know, once again, it's really tough because I respect Kyle Shanahan a lot. I think he is a fantastic coach. I think he's a savant when it comes to offensive football. Uh, I love the way he's taken 21 personnel, the quintessential old-school personnel group, two backs and one tight end, including a fullback, and he's just taken it to the whole next level. I was surprised not to see a lot of that going on on against the Arizona Cardinals. I, we didn't see a ton of Kyle Juszczyk running a lot of speed motion where there were there were it was so predominant against the Chicago Bears where you saw Kyle Juszczyk running a lot of speed motion and then running the power something I've never seen a fullback do run the power from speed motion um, running power personnel plays with speed motion from Kyle Juszczyk, that to me just blew my mind. It was next-level stuff, and I thought it actually worked very effectively. Um, I was surprised that Kyle Shanahan didn't run the ball more. If I'm surprised by anything, it wasn't that they didn't play well. I'm surprised they didn't run the ball more or try to. All right, we've got Kyle now, and uh, and he really was not happy after the game. We didn't play very well today at all. I was real disappointed. Thought we'd play really well. Um, had a good week of practice. I thought we'd even improve from the week prior, um, but obviously didn't go that way. When you can't stop the run, uh, I think it seemed like they were in second and less than five after every first down. You give up all those free yards, big explosives on screens. I don't think they punted until the third quarter. And then on offense, um, you got to come out and you got to make those plays to start. I thought that we had a chance to keep up with them at the beginning. First drive with the drop, um, then the fumble. Then the fumble again inside the 10. Um, then it was catch a ball from there on out. Yeah, he looked frustrated. Uh, you see when he threw the challenge flag at one point, I think it was in the first half, he threw it further than like any Jimmy G pass went all day. Like Kyle Shanahan was upset throughout most of that game, and I think it probably does speak to the fact that 
they knew they had to have that one, and now you're two games below 500. Like you said at the start of the show, San Francisco had a chance to get basically the halfway point of the season back at 500 for as up and down as their season had yeah. been, and they probably looked and said, okay, this team already beat us. They're coming here, and they're missing all these players. We're going to get this one, and they didn't get that one. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Listen, there were three death knells in this game that I wrote down, took note of. One was a pick and a possession. It was it was Isaiah Simmons, of course, in the fact that he stripped the ball. I call that a pick as well because he stripped the ball out. Jordan Hicks recovered it. Then the Arizona Cardinals proceeded to hold on to the ball for the next eight minutes. They drove the length of the field, kicked a field goal, and got up 17 nothing right there. That was death knell number one. Ring the bell, command and control. Death knell number two, the Cards' first possession of the second half. Think about that. It was a three-play possession, the first possession of the second half. Antoine Wesley uh, Wesley with a reception over the middle for 27 yards. James Conner ran it for two, and then a screen pass to James Conner went 45 yards for a touchdown. And suddenly, it was 24-7 Arizona. The bells at that point in time were rolling and tolling. The ringing of the bells were there for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. And then death knell number three was Eno Benjamin's 21-yard run where he trucked Drake Kirkpatrick to make it a 31-7 game. That, to me, right there, three death knells that just sounded the demise of the 49ers. Yeah, and uh, and now you're you're 3-0 and in the division. You're done with the 49ers for this season unless you would meet them in the playoffs. So, I mean, there were people before the season started talking like, well, okay, well, how are the Cardinals going to find a way to sneak in as a wild card if they go 1-5 and in the division? I'm not, I was not a math major, Wolf, but yes. being 3-0, and is it now impossible for them to go 1-5 and in the division? Yeah, you know, yeah. I... <laughs> I think you know the answer to that right there. You're you know, being a little facetious. Showing off my math skills. You know, honestly, um, I will say at the beginning of the season, I-, I thought the Seattle Seahawks would be the worst team in the division. Um, I thought the Arizona Cardinals, if you had to, to make a prediction, a guess, I thought they would be the third team in the NFC West. And Listen, there's no doubt about it coming into this season. You could look at the teams in the NFC West. You could look at the talent in the NFC West. You could look at the coaches in the NFC West, and you knew this was the beating heart of the football universe. You knew this was the best football we as a species could possibly generate. I just don't know if I was truly ready for an 8-1 and Arizona Cardinal team that has played this well. I mean, superseded every expectation at every position group, I think, on the team. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the secondary. It was the biggest question mark coming in. We Luke. never even talked we about the secondary at the, We anymore. never even, never. <laughs> I haven't even you mentioned You never them. say a word except for the fact that what are they now? I believe the Arizona Cardinals, their, their secondary is number three. The number three passing defense in the National Football League. Don't hold me to that. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. But Marco Wilson? <laughs> he looks like he's been in the league okay. for three years. I don't know how they got him with the 136th pick in the draft. Marco Wilson looks like, are you kidding me? Yawn. Um, I'm working against Debo Samuel. Watch yeah, this. No big deal. Just cover him like a blanket. I. It is truly stunning. 
um, starting with the secondary and every other position group on this team. Yeah, it, it has been absolutely remarkable. Uh, win tickets to see Everclear on November 19th at Celebrity Theater. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win. Coming up next, our exclusive weekly conversation with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Your home for everything Cardinals. Everything Cardinals. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. In the red zone with Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Presented by Earnhardt Hyundai and Ford dealers. No bowl since 1951. Here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center in Arizona Cardinals head coach, as we are every week. Cliff Kingsbury is here. Uh, coach, I imagine feeling pretty good about that one yesterday. A sweep of the 49ers is not easy to do. Yeah, anytime you can stay undefeated in the division, that's that's a big deal. And um, I thought our guys showed up with a great intensity, played really hard and physical, and, and found a way to get it done. What does 8-1 and one mean to you right now, Cliff? Uh, nothing, really. <laughs> uh, watching, just a number? Watching that Carolina defense, I'm just thinking how we're going to uh, try and attack that. they got a heck of a defense. So, um, yeah, you're just on to the next one. Uh, that's been our approach the entire year, and we'll continue down that path. That was a game going in yesterday where I know an NFL team doesn't think this way, but I think people would have forgiven you if you had lost without your number one quarterback and your top two receivers and San Francisco kind of fighting for survival, and yet you guys were up 31-7 to at one point. Yeah, I think that's the approach this team takes its next man up. Whoever's gone in at any position, um, they step in, they practice hard, and, and they give their best, and other guys step up around them, and that's what happened yesterday. What did you see, Cliff, from Colt McCoy? Uh, just great poise. Um, you know, he got the ball out quick, got us into the right play, and, um, you know, led some great drives. I, I just thought the way he commanded the offense, his communication was, was really impressive for the first time playing in this system. Um, what he was able to do was, was awesome. What about Christian Kirk as a quarterback? <laughs> He'll be lobbying for a few more of those, I'm sure. But that was that was a heck of a decision because it's actually he has a read to make on that. He made the right read and made a great throw. <laughs> what was the read? Are you gonna? I mean, I mean, it was just like kind of low to high. <laughs> okay, um, had two guys, one guy in the flat, and one guy in the corner. But right. Cliff, that was a dime that he dropped out there. Beautiful. He's he can throw it. It was it was good to. So see. in your career, did you ever throw a ball at that good? Probably not that good. <laughs> Which doesn't say much about my career. <laughs> oh, that was tight. Don't man. let Christian Kirk hear that. Um, James Conner. I mean, it's inevitable. We got to talk about what he has not just done yesterday, but all season. But when you lose Chase Edmonds too early in a game like that, for James Conner to just kind of take over, that's that's such a such a an element that maybe wasn't here last year. No doubt. And and we've said it all along. We feel like we had two starting running backs, one A and one B, and anybody any one of those could have handled the load full time and James really got his chance at it yesterday and took full advantage and he's just gotten better and better I think he's getting more comfortable in the system you know the pass catching is something I didn't realize that that he had coming out of Pittsburgh to this extent um, you know he's quick twitch he finishes run so he's he's really been a great addition for us yeah totally incredibly had a little shimmy right there I did not expect to see that myself what adjustments did you make in this game if any cliff uh, we wanted to be physical up front and run the football. Um, you know, anytime you have your backup quarterback in who hasn't uh, played in your system a ton, you want to establish the run early and then take your shots off play action. We were able to hit some screens that um, loosen things up, and so it just kind of worked out throughout the day. Talking to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know Benjamin came in. We saw really his first 
I know he had two carries before yesterday, but uh, not just the nine carries, the 39 yards, that touchdown run is, is a pretty memorable first NFL touchdown. It was. It was. And you saw the sideline's reaction. Yeah. Um, he's become a, a team favorite, a guy who last year, uh, you know, I think had his struggles as a rookie trying to figure it out and what it takes to be a real pro, and he's stepped up this year. I couldn't be more proud of what he's been on and off the field, and every time he touches it, he's got a chance to make something happen, and uh, he sure did yesterday. Cliff, when you look back at the tape, were there any surprises, anything the 49ers did to you offensively or defensively for that matter? I I thought they were, you know, pass heavy. I thought they'd run the ball really well at Chicago the, the week before and uh, they decided to come out and drop back a bunch and um, try to test our secondary and I thought our pass rushers did well got in his face and, and made it hard on, on Jimmy. As far as injury updates uh, do we know anything certain about Chase Edmonds yet? I, I don't think he'll be back for this week okay. so um, hopefully sooner than later but doesn't look good for this week. Okay. Can you talk about your secondary overall cliff? I mean these young bucks man studs they continue to step up byron murphy has you know found a real comfort level at his position whether it's outside inside marco wilson is a rookie he's not afraid to come up and tackle um and then those two safeties are tremendous back there together i mean they're tackling machines and um have just been getting everybody down when they get to that level yeah jalen thompson i feel like he just kind of lives in the shadow of buddha baker but that guy tackles just as good as buddha which is saying something he does he does Uh, outside of this building i don't think people really understand the type of impact he has on our defense but he's a tremendous tackler and when when he gets to you you're going down one of my favorite players in all of football is Marcus Golden. <laughs> All right. If ever there was a dog, it is Marcus Golden. Talk a little bit about the leadership of Marcus Golden and what he brings to this football team. Yeah, every day he walks in that building, man, you, you hear him coming because he's talking and <laughs> chirping and, and into it. And it's it's juice all day, every day at practice. And he'll call guys out if they're not you know matching his level of intensity. And that's what we need. And he plays with that type of relentless passion. Uh, and it shows up. I mean, what a, what a great season he's having. And um, he had a monster day yesterday. Okay, so what about your intensity right now? Okay, you're, you're bringing a lot of junk to the sideline as well. What happened with Josh Norman? Can you give us a definitive answer as to what happened, Cliff, with Josh Norman? I really don't don't have one. My um, issue was with the official, so I'm not sure how we got involved <laughs> in the discussion there. But, you know, that, that happens. Um, tensions were high. Bunch of competitors out there, and I wish I wouldn't have got a flag. That was not great on my part, but it happens, and luckily my guys uh, had my back and were able to still get some points out of that drive. Yeah, they, they did have your back, and you just mentioned with the Chase Edmonds touchdown, everybody seemed so happy for him. That has been consistent with your group all year. Is that something – I mean, you can't really plan for that, right? You just kind of hope you have that chemistry. You do, yeah. The, the guys support each other. Um, it's a fun team to be around. You, you have a great mix of the young guys who are learning how to be the consummate professionals from some of these older guys who've been in the league 10, 12 years and played at a really high level. And so Steve's done a tremendous job of, of blending that roster together and, and getting that type of overall culture here. Cliff, we're, we're seeing a lot more intensity from you on the sideline this year than we saw previous. Would you agree with that statement, first of all? Would you agree with that, Coach? Maybe at the surface you're seeing more. I've always been pretty intense. So it's always been there. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think you got to pick your spots as a coach. Um, when you know what type of team you have, you know, and you know what type of buttons to push, I think you can you can let some of that out sometimes. Do you feel 
your players responding to you, Cliff? Uh, yeah, at times. I mean, you don't want to overdo it. You want to make sure it's appropriate right. when it happens, you know. or, or It's got to be, it's gotta be genuine. Yeah, no doubt. And so um, every now and then it'll come out, and uh, I think they, they understand I want to win. Um, I got their back, and, and they got mine. Well, Cliff, we appreciate the time, man. Congratulations on the win. Good luck against Carolina. Thank you all. Appreciate right. it. Thanks a lot. That's Cliff Kingsbury joining us after the Cardinals pick up the 31-17 win over the 49ers yesterday to run their record to 8-1 and one on the season. I'm turning in. You will know I'm just saying 8-1 and one over and over again. Yes. Why not? I mean, it sounds so good. 8-1 right now. Um, what I love about 8-1 and one most of all is just the fact that there's no way to explain it away. There's absolutely no. no way. You don't accidentally you, go 8 you, and 1. You don't accidentally go 8 and 1. 8 and 1, especially this kind of 8 and 1 that we've seen from the Arizona Cardinals, they are a great football team. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison back at the studios. Jim Omohandro here for helping us out. Uh, for Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next on 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station.